Jadavion Clowney, according to Tom Withers from the Associated Press, sent home today. And it sounds like we are going to hear... Meredith, I got. I don't have those tweets in front of me. I just want to make sure I'm not... Uh, I'm saying this 100% correct. That he said I got that, him too, buddy. Oh, you, oh, just read the tweets. All right, so this from is Tom. from... Tom Withers has now been confirmed from multiple sources. Okay. The Browns have sent Jadavion Clowney home. He will not practice today. Tom Withers follows it up, and Tom's the one I've seen thus far. Of Clowney has played his last game for the Browns. Coach Kevin Stefanski will address this following practice that's via Twitter and our buddy Tom Withers, the Associated Press. So I would think the only way he's actually, you know, like he said, 95% back coming back or 95% sure he won't be back yesterday. This is from Mary Kay's column. And there's a lot of stuff in Mary Kay's column. Um, 95% sure I won't be back. Clowney told cleveland.com on Thursday, but there's still a 5% chance. You never know what's going to happen. So why do I even bring that up? Because of the part of the story where she said, or he said to, he said to Mary Kay that it just feels like I need to be around somebody that believes in me and my ability. He also said, um, I can't just be me believing in myself. I believe in myself more than anybody else, more than anybody. Um, and then there was a line in here. Oh, here's the line. Okay, And this is the line that probably got him sent home, too. There's supposed to be a lot of changes around here next year, so they might not be back, and I might. The root cause of his unhappiness, which has lingered throughout the season, it feels, he feels, the Browns have removed him from favorable matchups at various points throughout the season and put Miles Garrett on a lesser uh, offensive lineman instead to showcase their star uh, defensive end. Now, the other part of this, too, that he had said in here, um, Dan, that I thought was super interesting, and this is probably another reason why he's home today or he's on his way home, you're all trying to get someone into the Hall of Fame when all that matters is winning. Everybody got here for a reason, and we can all make plays. I know I am. Now, Clowney also went on to say he does not have a beef uh, with Miles Garrett, and she made that very clear in the story. Mary Kay did. Um, but And he also said, I don't even think my, or that Garrett notices, uh, Clowney said, of the position switches. I ain't trying to say it's him. I'm trying to get along with everybody I play with. Me and him don't have a problem. It ain't his fault. It's just BS, and I don't have time for it. So those are the kind of things that will get you kicked off the team, right? Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. I had an old English teacher who anytime you get in trouble and he threatened you with a detention and you'd say why, he would respond with insubordination is a very broad, broad topic. And I feel like this is one of those that falls under conduct detrimental to the team, falls under a very broad, broad, broad topic. I think the problem with insubordination sometimes when we talk about it is, is your ego putting up a brick wall because you're not listening to what maybe you need to hear sometimes. And if it's from somebody who works for you, I always, I always find that interesting. Like insubordination in the work, this isn't the military. Right. No one's life is on the line. Right. But here's the reason that I bring up that part of it. And, and this is one of those that we pull the curtain back a little bit of this stuff, and you make fun of me all the time on the show for it, but this is part of the reason why. If there is one thing that the Browns cannot stand, it's when people go into the media and air their dirty laundry and air their issues and air their problems. The one thing that has happened since Kevin Stefanski has taken over is the minimization of people airing their dirty laundry in the media. They don't like that. They get really upset by that. It's the reason why when you listen to these press conferences and you listen to Kevin Stefanski press conferences, very little come out of them. It's the main reason why all this stuff, these guys don't air their dirty laundry. 
And here's Jadavian Clowney walking up, or talking to Mary Kay Cabot in an exclusive piece, and great job by Mary Kay for getting it. In an exclusive piece, airing is dirty laundry, and airing is grievances. And we know how much the team cannot stand that, and we know how much they stay away from all of the controversy. And, I mean, we, we were in the middle of it. Wait a minute. This team puts their head in the fire of controversy more than any other team. But, I, I mean, what we, I mean, the fact that they signed Deshaun Watson is, I mean, I mean, we're talking about sticking your head right in the kiln, man. I mean, but they don't publicly air their grievances. They'll do that stuff. That's fine. Well, at least in their eyes, that's fine. That's football moves. But how often have you seen someone from the Cleveland Browns walk out and air their grievances and have little to no ramification for what takes place? Well, I'm they they. I mean, well, let's look like even this year, Kareem Hunt. How has his season been when he had his hold in or whatever that thing was? Right? Yeah. He hasn't seen a whole lot of time. Nope. They've minimized that one. John Johnson, run the ball. Why aren't we running the ball? We need to run the ball more. What happened to John Johnson? He was disciplined for it. He didn't play for a little bit. That was last year. I mean, that's the Browns stay away from all that stuff, and they will not deal with it, and this is how they deal with it. It's why the minute this came down, it was like, yep, he's done playing. He's not making the trip to Pittsburgh. He's done. And this is also something that has followed Jadavian Clowney. Duke Johnson's another one I keep thinking of. Yeah. I mean, and then Baker said, are you on the train? (laughs) You want to talk about just keeping your mouth shut? Baker should have kept his mouth shut on that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's one again, that's why when we hear that quote, I can only play with the other players who they put on the field with me. I can only coach the players that are available to play. And in that situation, when the Duke Johnson stuff went down, Baker should have just said, hey, I'm doing the best I can, and I'm going to play with the players that I play with, instead of saying you're on the train or you're not. I mean, that was just so, – I understood he was trying to be a leader at that point, and I understood that, but, you know, you know, fast forward to where his career is now and everything he's gone through over the last year, probably regrettable thing to say. Just keep your mouth shut. Well, so, so this popped in my head here. So hang with me. I apologize. Okay. So we brought up John Johnson tweeting, run the ball. We, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. and that whole saga that took place there. Okay, they cut him. They moved on from him. Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry as well. We could toss in Kareem Hunt and the Holden. Now you add in Jadavian Clowney. Do the Browns have a personality problem? No. I, look, football is a game of multiple personalities. You have to be able to manage them. And maybe every once in a while, if you do have a quality player that goes off the rails, you just got to pull him aside and say, hey, man, don't go off the rails. Now, here's the other thing, too, is that we don't know anything else that might have been said prior to this. We don't know the conversations between Jadavian and the front office. We don't know what we don't know what the coaching staff. We don't know if there's been, you know, issues or not, or if Jadavian's already told them all of this before and nothing's happened about it. There's a lot of backstop. I, I mean, we just we don't know what they were thinking about for next year and with the front office. You know, it, in some points, it's really hard because it's not. Um, it, it's that line that I got from one news director. Is, you know, it's, or she said it was. You know, it's not show friends. It's show business. And the front office has to think about players without names on the back of their jerseys. They need to find the skill set of all these players and forget about what the name is on the back of the jersey. So it's pretty heartless, right? It's heartless. You're trying to do what you think you're doing to be what's best for the team, the Cleveland Browns, but that doesn't necessarily translate into helping out the name on the back of the jersey. 
and yet you're still trying to build a relationship with these guys and be friends, but you're not. It's business. It's why you hear players all the time say, well, it's business. you got to understand it. Guys get traded. Guys get moved. Your average shelf life of a player in the league is three years. I get all that stuff. I also know that Jadavion Clowney, what, if he was on a on a one-year $10 million deal, is probably making about, well, would be grossing uh, five eighty eight something like that, 588000 for this week's game that he won't play in. So, I, you know, I don't think they sent him home without pay. I didn't. We haven't heard anything about that, and I don't know if they can even do that. But, you know, he's inactive this week is really what's happening. And they're like, hey, we don't need you to do the last practice. You're inactive. Just clean out your stuff. We'll see you later. And that's the heartless part of this. There's no human emotion about this. By this, And then, you know, for him to go out and say, well, you know, I'm 95% of, the, of coming back. Well, you want guys that are going to be all in. So I don't really have a problem with the Browns sending him home. And I don't have a problem with Jadavion Clowney and what he said. But you're right. Like, I, I think that, it, you know, at what point is a player worth it that you're going to sit there and take stuff where you're calling out the coaching staff on here and you're calling out the scheme? Because he's, I mean, he's saying that, you know what, you made things, it seems like you made things easier for Miles, right? Isn't yeah. that what, I mean, what Mary Kay's, in her piece, that, you know, like, hey, uh, he said, what was the one game? The Ravens game, where they switched things up. In that game at the last minute. And that's the one that ticked them off. At least that was in the Mary Kay piece. So in the Mary Kay piece, it says, we practice all week and we get in the game and they want to move me. I'm not doing that stuff. I'm old. I've done my job. Like, I I, I don't understand that either. Like, if you're going to practice one way all week and you've dedicated yourself to getting it done. Now, in case there's an injury or something, you've got to be flexible. But if you've gone into a game with a game plan... And then you're switching it up. And why are you? Because when you read that, that makes it sound like, well, somebody in the front office made a call down to uh, the coaching staff and said, you know what? We'd like to see Miles get a few more sacks. Why don't we line him up against an easier offensive lineman? That's what he's saying. I don't know if that's true or not, but that if you read this, that's what you would think, right? That To me, we practice all week, we get in the game, and they want to move me. I'm not doing that. I'm old. I've done my job. I don't care about the old so, part of done my job. But why, why would you make that move at the last week? One, because you think someone knows what you're going to do. That right. from a coaching stand, from a coaching standpoint, I'm trying to figure out why they would move him. Well, so, uh, and, and when, other, why would you practice one thing and then at the last minute move him? Because if, and at least this is my understanding of it, if it's an in-game adjustment type of thing, it's because your premier better pass rusher, and I know this is what no professional athlete ever wants to hear, is that anyone is better than them. But if Miles Garrett is better, you want to give him an advantageous matchup because Miles Garrett has a better odds to get to the quarterback. So why wouldn't you practice that during the week? Because what if somebody picked up a sprained ankle? Like what if what if the left was it Ronnie Stanley, I think is the left tackle of the, the Ravens? I want to say it's Ronnie Stanley. We'll okay. run with that. Yeah. Is the left tackle there? And let's say he picked up a, a rolled ankle, sprained ankle, trying to play through it. Maybe his first step isn't as quick as it was before. That would have been Jadavian Clowney's side. Well, it, now if Ronnie Stanley's first step isn't as quick as it was before and Miles can get around him, why wouldn't you make that change? To I don't put know. your premier I, pass rusher. And, and I'll back you up. You may have had internal arguments among the coaching staff, too, throughout the week saying, what's better for us? Is, are we, do we want to match up here or match up there? And then you just go out to practice because you have a practice plan and you go with the status quo. I can, like, there are a bunch of different ways you can read into that. Only the front office and the coaching staff knows exactly why they moved him at the end. Whether it was to and, – and, and maybe this is jealousy that they were trying to get him to the others uh, – that, that because Miles ends up with more sacks and people know – you know what? I don't know. And, and sack, then the other but, part of it is, but on top of it, sacks are one of those funky things too. That like, 
okay, it doesn't matter who's picking up the sack. A sack is a sack. Everybody benefits when the quarterback gets knocked to the dirt. Whether you want to say it's because of defensive player of the year or if you want to say because you want to get to a guy to a Hall of Fame, I don't care about that. I care about the quarterback not being able to throw the football. Like, I think that's the part of this that gets lost in the whole thing of Jadavian Clowney screaming, well, I don't have advantageous matchups. Your defense is succeeding. It is a unit. It is a group. This isn't tennis, man. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) You may have to take the tougher defender every so often. Try to beat him. Try to beat him and know that what you're doing is benefiting the team. That's the part of this that gets lost. I don't know. It's I, I, I want your opinion. I want to know what you think. Do the Browns do the right thing? Are the Browns having trouble handling personalities? Are you know Was Jadavion Clowney gone already, and then he was trying to make a statement with Mary Kay by talking to her yesterday? All of these things can come into play. I wonder what you think, because we all read the story, and then we've heard what has been reported this morning that the Browns have sent Jadavion Clowney home, right? That Daryl That's Mar- where the story is right now. That Daryl Ryder made a really good point on the morning show. We'll play next. All right, good. I want to hear that when we come back. 216-578-0092 or on Twitter at CLE Talking Heads. We'll also talk to Mike Tomzak, former Browns quarterback and a member of the In the Dog Pound podcast, Raw and Unfiltered Football Talk. That's all coming up straight ahead right here on Paskin and Phelps with Dan Menigan today. All right, big story of the morning, Jadavian Clowney. Obviously, there was a, a story in uh, Cleveland.com from Mary Kay Cabot uh, where she had an exclusive interview with him where they, you know, he talked about the fact that he thought he was 95% gone, and now it's 100% gone for the rest of this season. Uh, as the There are reports all over the place this morning the Browns have sent Jadavian Clowney home and that Kevin Stefanski will talk about it um, after practice today, and we're planning on having Kevin's yeah. press conference live. Uh, what do you think? That's like noon? Twelve, 12 usually 40? twelve between twelve thirty and twelve forty five ish is usually when practice ends and Stefanski speaks. So keep it locked in right here. We will have the latest for you. All right. So I, I mean, the story is in itself. I he he calls out the team in here, I and mean, there's no question about it, right? I, I don't. I'm just wondering. You know, what does it say about the culture of the team? Did they? Did he know he was gone? And then maybe he tried to jump ahead of things before. The Browns came out and said something. Does this say something about the culture of what's going on there? Again, we've had high-profile players here before that have stated their mind, and you know, and they've been sent packing. Now, Miles Garrett stated his mind before too on some things too, and it's not. I mean, Miles has the numbers, and I, maybe that's why he doesn't get the same criticism as other people, and because he's the number one overall pick. And there's a lot of things going on there. I'm just, I'm trying to be fair and, and just trying to be fair about everything that we're digesting in the story and thinking about it and you know trying to come to a conclusion on some of it but Clowney's not going to be playing on Sunday that's one thing for sure I do like the fact that we had Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney on our defensive line I do and at one point those two arguably maybe the best tandem in, in football when it comes to defensive ends at least that's what they they had said that at one point yeah they had said that about each other you know that I think Miles had said something like he and Clowney were the best and they were right up there I mean what Clowney had I think nine and a, either nine sacks or nine and a half sacks Garrett you know, always in double-digit sack territory. I mean, those guys really pressured the quarterback and caused people fits. And did a great job. And this is how it's ending. And it's at least it looks like it's going to be the end of this thing. I mean, look, would, I can't. No, think of he how could many... be right. I mean, he said it sounds like there's plenty of changes that are coming in the off season. Well, but it, and there was a five percent chance he could be back. But if you send someone home, who's sending him home? That's the question. Who's right. sending him home? 
if you send someone home, what are the odds of that person coming back, especially when you are lighting the entire organization on fire as you're going out? The door? Is he, though? We'll find that out, right? What if What if the coaching staff said, I can't believe he's saying all this stuff. We're, we're, he's going to be inactive this week no matter what. And somebody in the front office might say, you know what? No, we like the numbers he has, and we like what he's bringing. And by the way, we're going to be changing some stuff out here, so... I'm just going to get on the other side of this, and I'm going to call Jadavian and say, hey, Jadavian, don't worry about this stuff. Let's just talk later. We'll figure it out because, as you said before, there are changes coming. I don't see that happening, but you just you don't know. There's so yeah, many variables right. There's, to the story. Yep. And, and that could easily be a part of it, but, boy, if you mean to tell me with how tight-knit this organization is and how tight-knit this organization has operated that this wasn't a full-blown organizational decision and a groupthink decision – then that's also really, really interesting and gives you an eye-opening into what the offseason is going to look like. Let me tell you how fragile the group can be, though, right? Oh, yeah. It just takes one person to pull someone out of that group and say, you're fired, that all of a sudden... The whole thing crumbles. Yeah, we we so. know. We live, in, we live in Cleveland. We've been firing coaches for 22 years. That should be our motto. Yeah. Is that on the other side of the T-shirts? I think it is. Maybe that is. Maybe that's the other one. It's the vanilla, vanilla volcano. volcano. <laughs> We've been firing coaches for 22 years. All right, let's, <laughs> I, I want to hear what um, Daryl had to say about this on the morning show. And but by the way, people skills, and I, I clarified this yesterday on Twitter because people wanted to ratio me for bringing it up, but people skills could go both ways. Every, you know, everybody has to have the, you know, the, the people skills, if you will, not just one person. I'm not pointing the finger at one person, but yeah, I mean, th- this organization continues to lack the discernible leadership and those intangibles to be successful. They don't have a talent issue. This isn't a, the team sucks and the roster sucks and Andrew Berry sucks and all this, right? We got a bunch of idiots running. The, no, they lack the intangibles that are required to be successful. So uh, let me say this. Is, in, in listening to what he said, did, do you feel like, and I'll, I'm sure Daryl and I will talk about this on the podcast, but. And that podcast was called? Uh, it's always game day in Cleveland. Of course. And uh, is he saying that the Browns, operate as a robot that's what i'm asking you yeah and if you need to listen to it again listen to it so again. listen to it again if you need to. i i think so i think let's play one more time and but by the way people skills and i i clarified this yesterday on twitter because people wanted to ratio me for bringing it up but people skills could go both ways every you know everybody has to have the you know the, the people skills if you will not just one person i'm not pointing the finger at one person but yeah i mean th- this organization continues to lack the discernible leadership and those intangibles to be successful they don't have a talent issue this isn't a the team sucks and the roster sucks and andrew berry sucks and all this right we got a bunch of idiots running the, no they lack the intangibles that are required to be successful all right, to me, that sounds like the, it's, it's relationship skills. Analytics is a hell of a tool to evaluate things that take place and to evaluate things. Analytics and the ultimate variable in all numbers is and will forever be humans and the unpredictability of humans. And what that sounds like to me is that you put a team together that is dripping with talent, analytically speaking, on paper, is going to make a lot of noise and be really good. But in reality, that cohesive tissue is not there that you need to truly be a team. And that's what that sounds like to me. Because that's I, I am a staunch defender of analytics and will continue to be until the end. Because I, I think that having what happens the majority of times in outcomes is a really good thing to have in your back pocket. 
but that will not tell you how teams can gel together and play together and understand how to work together. So how should this work? But here's a, let me give you a scenario. I'm going to go to the phones here in a second. 216-578-0092. How should this work? Would you rather have a front office that has no relationship with the players because they know that they're going to be flipping spots every three years pretty much at every position and it's not worth the investment in the person? I don't, I don't think that that's a good relationship. That you, I think that's toxic. I think you have to have some sort of relationship between the players and, and understand that when the time is over that it's got to be professional to walk away from, which is very hard, I, I mean, especially when you're making all that money. It's very hard. No one wants, oh, here's a million dollars. Oh, no, we're not going to give it to you next year. We didn't think you were good enough. Well, you thought I was last year. Yeah, we don't think you are this year. So I think that that's, that's part of it. And what's, what's the right mix? Because i got to tell you, I, I don't think Bill Belichick's the most warm and fuzzy guy ever. I mean, I know, you know I've had friends that have played for him before, and you know, it, I've always heard it, and I believe it just based on the, the last – I mean, I did a one-on-one with him years ago. And he was like a different person. He wasn't press conference Bill. Yes. That was a long time ago. I was at the bar having a conversation about this with a buddy of mine who's a Patriots fan last night <laughs> about how Bill, if you get him actually talking about football, is a warm and fuzzy personality that will explain everything to you in a way you can understand it. It's just when you get him in a press conference and ask him such questions of like, how does it feel to have success on the field? Is when you get, it's good. We're out here trying to win games. I get it, but is that a better relate? I mean, look, we've seen guys that have complained about things, and then they get sent to Siberia a week yeah. later. And it doesn't matter really who you are. The only guy that I think has really survived that was Tom Brady. And that will always be the million-dollar question that takes place in all of this stuff when it comes to building a team, is how much of that – I'm going to use the word dissension, but I don't think that's the best way to put it. Um, how much of that, like – dissension can you tolerate before it becomes detrimental to what you're temp- attempting to take place on the field? And I feel like this one here of Jadavian Clowney is one that we all read and went, yep, goodbye. That's too far. I, I mean, I think that, like, when I think of Bill Belichick, I think of him saying, I can make anyone into anything. Julian Edelman is the tell, perfect example. Tell me what they can do instead of what they can't do. Right. I'll like, I think he, make sure they he, looks at, he looks at a guy like Julian Edelman and says, oh, quarterback, Kent State, huh. wide receiver. Okay, let's make it work. As long as he listens to me and does everything I say and doesn't say a word, we're going to make him. A, we, we can make him into a semi superstar. Not enough that we can't afford him anymore, but we're going to put him in a position where I can make him into a winner. Like that—that's the the mentality, and that's. But that's also plug and play. Think about how many great wide receivers there are in college that are, were, uh, you know, were had to be a zillion times better than Julian Edelman coming out of college because he didn't play wide receiver. You know, and then that Bill can see the talent and make it happen, and so. I do think there's a fine balance here of how to make things work. And I, I, this is one of those stories where you wonder you wonder about relationships between front office and players. And, and, and not you know, obviously every player is different, and every relationship between the front office and a player is going to be different too. So, But the big story of the day today is that Jadavion Clowney is not going to be playing on Sunday, and they've already sent him home. Uh, I will take one quick phone call. Roman and Ken. Hi, What's up, Roman. Bro? What's up, guys? How are we? Good. How are you? Well, Happy Rob, Friday. Doing all right. I just wanted to chime in, and I got – i got three things about the situation. Um, okay. I'm a big patterns guy. So first pattern is, you know, Davian Clowney came to Cleveland. It was a big stink. Everybody wasn't sure or why, and he actually denied us one time. Um, he came back to, he came to Cleveland because he thought he was going to play better next to Miles Garrett. He thought he was going to play better himself. Second thing, Miles Garrett is the most double-teamed 
uh, defensive linemen in the league, one of them at least, in the top three, I'd say, no matter where he lines up. So that means that Clowney's probably got a one-on-one or you know, maybe, so, maybe his guy's got a little help from him. But for the most part, he's going one-on-one with guys that – you beat. I mean, you do your 111s, beat the guy across from you. That's that's your job in the NFL. And then lastly, you say that, you know, we have, we've had uh, big-name guys come in and, you know, it didn't work out. Big uh, personality guys come in and, and, you know, they're not meshing with the um, front office well. It tells me that they're, they're in a full buy-in situation. You either buy in, you remove the ego, and you do what is best for the team, or – We'll send you packing, and that's kind of what this situation feels like. Uh, good phone call. Thank you, Roman. Appreciate your time. Have a good weekend, my friend. Mike Tomzak is going to join us next. Former Browns quarterback, Baskin and Phelps with Dan Menigan.